Chabiso Musia on SAFM. Okay, let's talk Master Box South Africa. By the way, all the interviews that we do on this show on any given day, the, the podcasts are always available the following day on www.iono.fm. That's I-O-N-O and then .fm. All the podcasts actually on any show of SAFM will always be available there. So sometimes we might not tweet the podcast or put it up on our personal social media accounts, but do rest assured that they will always be on iono.fm, including tonight's uh, interviews. They will be up by tomorrow morning. But let's speak to the chairperson of Master Box South Africa, Stephen Castle, who joins us on the line. Um, Stephen, good evening from us on SAFM. Thanks for speaking to us tonight. Good evening. Thanks for having me on. Thanks. We some, Most people found out about Masterbox SA when we received a press release um, and Sanabo was also saying that you're an associate member now. But when was it formed? Um, well, Masterbox is very, very new in, in, in terms of South African uh, base. Uh, we basically formed ourselves just over three months ago. We got together, put the whole thing together in terms of the local content and uh, had our meeting with Sanabo uh, just sort of a month ago and got our association. So, yeah, Masterbox is really new in South Africa, not so new in the world. It's been going around uh, quite a while now in the States, uh, about 10 years now in the States, and uh, more recently in Australia and now in Europe as well. But uh, in terms of the South African market, uh, brand new, spanking brand new. Okay, wonderful. And, and besides you, who makes up the team, the management structure of Masterbox SA? Motorbox South Africa, at the moment, we, uh, our, our executive committee consists of uh, Russell Panamava uh, and Andre Taser and myself. That's the executive committee at the moment. We are and currently are, uh, have a couple of guys that are going to be joining us, but we are not allowed to announce it until uh, certain things have, have been put into place. But definitely big players in the boxing game that are going to be joining us uh, in, in that committee moving forward. Wonderful. And why was it important for you to get an endorsement from Sanabo? So just a, just a quick breakdown in terms of what Masterbox is so the listeners can understand it. Um, uh, Masterbox is, is an amateur and what we currently call open boxing. Um, it's the form that we, we, we see at the Olympics, uh, what we see in Commonwealth Games. That's the form of boxing where the guys fight for punches landed, that sort of scoring base. Um, um, the fighters don't get paid. Uh, there's only now recently it's a slight change in that, but I'm not going to get into that. It's too complicated. Basically, so it's amateur boxing, open boxing is what it's called now. Um, and we needed, uh, obviously, to, to be accepted in terms of, of, of having a competition style of boxing. Uh, uh, boxing South Africa looks after the professional side of boxing, and the uh, South African uh, National Boxing Organization looks after the amateur side of boxing, open boxing. Um, with, what we're doing with Masterbox is we are open boxing. So we needed to be associated to stay within the realm and in, in terms of legalities of, of how boxing is run. Boxing is run by government in this country. It's one of the few countries around the world that is actually run by government. It's legislated and, and, and regulated by government. So we had to make sure that we, uh, we abided by the rules and, and everything that was set out so that we weren't uh, criminally uh, liable. That's, 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 how, that's how it works, yeah. No, that's clear. Some have said that it's white-collar boxing, but in a more organized way or structure. Is that, is, that, is, that, is that correct? You know, that's probably the simplest way to explain it to a lot of people that are sort of trying to understand. Is like, a lot of people are saying, is it, open bo- is, it, is it open boxing, amateur boxing? Are they going to be counting punches? And the easiest way to break it down would be white-collar boxing with, um, with results. 
So we now can have judges. We now can have uh, results where guys can, can win bouts. There will be a record of those bouts to the point of where we're going to have provincial titles, national titles, yeah. and we are working very closely with the World Boxing Foundation where we will have world titles as well. And, and also African titles. So that there, there's definitely... That's so close to damn it as what you said now. Yes, mm. it's white collar with results. Okay, because the fighters wear headgear, they wear the bigger gloves. Um, so yes, in terms of understanding it, that's probably the best way to, to break it down. Okay, no, cool. And and in terms of age groups, then, uh, Stephen, uh, who qualifies to take part in Master Box? So, the reason why Master Box is, is, is why we went and we decided to, to push the Master Box route was because. In South Africa, as soon as you hit the age of 35, you, you basically are in, ineligible to, to compete unless you, current, unless you had a license previously or unless you were um, previously involved in the sport. So if you weren't involved in the sport, you were pretty much done and dusted. Um, so we needed to create, and it's been a big call, probably, probably because of white collar. White collar definitely had a big push in bringing out the older fighter and the guys that never, ever boxed as youngsters and now experiencing boxing for the first time, there's been a big call for the older generation to, that are now wanting to get into boxing and wanting to compete. They don't just want to go out there and throw punches and get their hand raised as a, you know, as a job well done. They want to know, was I good enough? Am I good enough? And there was, that's the primary reason why we sort of looked at it and why we found a way to, to bring it to, to that market. So 35 and older, and we go all the way up to the age of 75, um, can compete now. And obviously, oh. you can't get a 75-year-old competing against a 35-year-old yeah. because there are age that we have. We have you all matched by age, by oh. experience, and obviously by weight, as is with boxing. So we, we obviously, we look at your, you look at your age and we go 35 to 44, we go 45 to 54, 55 to 64, and then 65 to 75. And that's how we look after the fighters in terms of not getting anybody hurt because that's obviously the most important thing we don't normally get hurt in this um, but it is boxing so obviously there's going to be guys getting you know maybe a bloody nose and mm. you know maybe themselves a little bit wobbled but we try to look after the guys in terms of they're not going to get guys hurt because we of, of a stupid thing like putting a, a 60 year old against a 35 year old you know that's definitely not what we want to do and then also we've got the experience levels that we bring into it. so we got the guys that are coming out there fighting for the first time Sort of north to zero fights, so north to, to five fights. Those guys are known as our novices. Then we got our elites that go from five to 15 fights, and then 15 and above are master boxers. So if you've got more than 15 fights, you're a master boxer. That's all your category and that's your experience level. And then again, a lot of the questions that come out is uh, if I was an amateur before, if I've got experience fighting white collar, mm. I've got experience fighting as an amateur, if I was a professional. Can I get involved in Master Box? And the answer is yes. We don't we don't discriminate against anybody. You are welcome to come and join Master Box. Your experience level will then obviously be that of a Master Box if you previously were a professional, and you must have had at least a two-year layoff from the sport before you can join us as a as an ex-professional. Okay, so who who needs a two-year layoff? Is that is that a former professional boxer? Yeah. So if you were a professional oh, okay. boxer, whether you had. Uh, 
20 fights as a professional, whether you had two fights as a professional, you, you know, you can't have recently come out of the professional ranks. You must have at least had two years left, mm. and then you come into the, you can't join Master Box. Okay, no, I hear you there, Stephen. And, and what about the rounds? How many rounds do the boxers fight? Is it also graded? Does it depend on the levels that yes, you've mentioned? No, most definitely. So what we commonly call a club fight, which would be a sort of a local tournament that's put on, those guys will sort of fight three three to four rounds, depending on, 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 the, on the actual fight. And obviously, the experience level of the fight is in there. Uh, but most of the beginners will do three rounds. If you're fighting now for provincial titles, you probably you, you will, will be doing five rounds in the provincial sort of level. And then the world titles will be up at six rounds. So six rounds for a world title, you won't get more than six rounds. And then obviously, the length of the rounds is different. Um, all the guys from the age of 35 up until the age of, I think it's, uh, uh, I'm speaking on the top of my head, yeah, just let me go. I think it's about 65. Mm. They fight two minute rounds, and over the age of 65, fight one and a half minute rounds. Oh, okay. No, loud and clear. For those who are just joining us, we are uh, finding out more about Master Box South Africa. We're speaking to the chairperson, Mr. Stephen Castle, and you can send us your voice notes to 061-4104-107 if you have any questions. If you want to find out more, you can call us on 011-714-2006. We've already got a voice note here. Let's hear. Hi, Tabiso. It's uh, Manjoli here. I'm very interested in Master Boxing as well. I also would have taken part in white collar boxing had I had time. Uh, I just wanted to know from Stephen, in terms of the legalities, will they allow dual licensing? If someone is licensed under PSA, will they allow them to participate in this um, master's boxing? Because I've got a lot of scores that I need to settle including Josia, I will challenge him in my first fight. Uh, probably we will arrange it under the banner of Master Boxing if I'm allowed a license under Master Boxing. Thank you so much, Taps. Okay, thanks for that, Netemba. Uh, Josia, Yakwazwa, please come and respond. Stephen, I'm going to let you respond to that. We just need to take a quick ad break and we'll come back now. At SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. We are still speaking to Stephen Castle, chairperson of Master Box South Africa. Stephen, there was a question about if you allow those who have dual licenses. Um, Yuli is a BSA licensee, clearly. Yeah, um, unfortunately, as I've just said now, you have to have had a two-year period of layoff that you haven't boxed professionally or held your license for two years. Clearly, from a point of view that we obviously don't want people to get hurt. And again, one's professional and one is open. So we, we don't want to cross, cross the wires here. And that sort of thing. So if he's happy to wait and he hasn't competed in two years and he's happy to relinquish that license and he wants to climb into the master box ring, we're happy to have a conversation. So, yes, for sure. And and if he's a trainer or a manager, but he's, he doesn't fight, but he's got a license from BSA, does it, do you yeah, still... No, that, as long as he doesn't carry a fighter's license, then with, okay. with pleasure. If he's, a, if he's an ex-trainer or he's a current trainer training professionals, but hasn't fought as a professional himself um, in two years, mm. and without a doubt, you know, without with pleasure, please please apply. <laughs> so yeah, we would love we love to entertain that. Okay, you, you mentioned headgear um, earlier on, and and the gloves. What size are the gloves? So all fighters will wear sixteen ounce gloves. Mm. Uh, that's mandatory, no matter what your weight. There was talk about possibly making the the lighter weight you wear the smaller gloves, but it's it's been decided. On a on an international base, that all fighters will wear 16 ounce gloves, and obviously will wear headgear as well. 
we are we are uh, we are asking all fighters that they wear open face headgear. Um, mm. You can't wear the bar and the cage and all that kind of thing if you know boxing. Mm. So it's open face headgear and 16 ounce gloves are compulsory. And what about the health of the fighters? You know the elderly have underlying issues here, Stephen. How do you make sure that a boxer is fit and healthy when they step into the ring? All right, so totally what happens in, in, in boxing in the country is that if you uh, license as a, as a professional amateur, you do a medical once a year. We require our fighters to do medicals twice a year. They're required to do medicals twice a year. We are also um, instituting uh, the AIDS test, uh, which will be done at every single event. So we're not doing AIDS test once a year, which is which is quite uh, quite a silly thing to do in today's age. So we every every uh, tournament there will be a full medical done as well by the doctor on site. There will also be an AIDS test done. Uh, so we are trying to make sure that we cover that health. And obviously, one thing we do do that n- no one else is doing at the moment in terms of amateur and in professional is we have also instituted the standing eight count. So should a fighter mm-hmm. um, not look like he's handing, get caught with the big shot but not go down, the referees are, are, are allowed to and will um, do standing eight counts where the guy will be given an eight count of eight before he allows to continue. To allow the fighter to recover, recoup, so we don't get those punishing blows and those big shots where a guy gets hurt and gives the fighter a chance to sort of catch himself and if decide to himself, am I right to carry on or do I want to call it? And the referee will be there, you know, giving him the eight count and checking that out for him as well. So it's very important for us that we look after our fighters and that they do come back and do compete continuously. Okay, we've got another voice note. Let's play it. Good evening, Tabiso. And SAFM Sports listeners, uh, on the master box, um, I honestly feel that uh, what South African boxing needs right now is for all of us to come together and strengthen South African boxing and bring back the dignity and prestige of the SA title and also revive provincial titles as well. I mean, at 35, most boxers are still active. I mean, uh, it's going to cause a bit of confusion now for 35-year-old, 36, 37-year-old boxers as to where to compete. I just feel like uh, it's dividing what is, uh, or further breaking what is already broken instead of trying to put the pieces together and bring take back boxing back to where it used to be okay thanks for that um steven does it cause confusion is it dividing boxing no not at all and i'll I'll explain to you why so the current legislation within uh, the professional boxing rank is that once you hit the age of 35 um you can no longer compete the only way you can continue to compete is if you were licensed and you continue to license, but then you have to endure the cost of brain scans and all those sort of things. So most of the fighters now that are competing over the age of 35 either either were uh, or are um, in the top 10 in the country and are going to keep competing. Those fighters we are not really for master box. So we're looking for the fighters now that got into the game late, that maybe only have fought two or three professional fights and got to the age of 35, and it's not cost-effective for them to continue paying out the money for all those sort of things and all those sort of checks um, in terms of the brain scans and continually licensing. And remember, if you don't fight in the year that you license, 
you will sustain a chance of losing that license over the age of 35. We are now allowing for the guys that came into the game late, guys that, um, that, that aren't getting fights in the professional range but still want to compete because they enjoy the sport and want to have that flair for competition. We are allowing that. And that's, all, that's what Master Box is about. It's, about. it's more than the ex-professional. It's more about the guy that missed out because he only got into it late and still wants to compete over the age of 35. And, and there's a lot of them out there. We see it in white collar. We've seen it now for the last 10 years. White collar has been around. And the, the average age of a white collar fighter right now is, is, I think, about 45 years old across all, all tournaments around the country. There's a big market for them. And they can't compete amateur. They can't compete in the, in, in the professional ranks. They, they, they've missed that boat. But we're giving them a boat. We're giving them a lifeline. And that's what Master Box is about. And I do understand the question about the fact that boxing in South Africa, in terms of boxing professionally right now, is very divided. There's a lot of conflict at the moment within the professional ranks in terms of the administration side of boxing trying to get it back. But we're also in the middle of a pandemic where boxing is being stifled and being held up because of the pandemic. So people have to just also be patient and, and, and it, boxing will come back. We are allowing a different demographic of person an avenue to get into boxing. And those, that avenue of demographic is what's going to bring people back to boxing and it's going to bring money back to boxing. So we're definitely there to enhance boxing and re-market boxing. And you mentioned that there could be an opportunity to fight for titles. Is the prize money with Master Box? So traditionally with, with amateur boxing, open boxing, um, the, the, you weren't allowed to award any, any, any sort of monies to anybody. Monies were not allowed to be exchanged uh, in, in, in that realm. Um, recently, IEBA, which is the, the Amateur International Boxing Association, which runs amateur boxing, open boxing around the world, have now introduced prize money for guys that win tournaments. Uh, recently, they just gave quite a bit of prize money out in one of their recent tournaments. Uh, IEBA um, allowed it. So there definitely is a way forward where we can now award prize money for, for guys that are all competing in tournaments. And, and, and sort of rewarding them through a prize money basis. Uh, I'm not saying that that's going to necessarily always be the case. Mm. It will probably be up to the promoter or the tournament that's put on, but it does allow us the avenue to, to reward these guys with some sort of financial relief because it does cost money to, to train. It does cost money to keep yourself going. So we are aware of that. Okay, those who are just joining us, we are speaking to Stephen Castle, chairperson of Masterbox South Africa, a newly formed structure association for the over 35s. Up until the age of 75, we can take part in Masterbox South Africa. And there seems to be so much interest here. Stephen, we've got a couple of more voice notes. Let's hear. Hi, Tabiso. My name is Charity Fire. I'm Kondereri. I'm listening to you and Stephen Castle now. I'm so excited about this because I'm really, I, I, I think because they're not, they just explained to us that they can have double license because I'm a, I'm a trainer, uh, licensed by BSA and uh, I'm a former boxer. We've been retired for the past five years. I wanted, um, I really wanted to be involved with this, uh, because I truly need a fight. I had to get somebody else to fight, especially my friend, Mtabati, the Emmanuel, me and him, we've got a grudge. I need to, to fight this guy. I truly need to fight this guy. Thanks, Tabiso. Good evening, SAFM. I want to ask uh, the, the station, what is the, re- the age for a boxer to retire? The age that a boxer is retiring with 
what is that age? Is there any specific age for a boxer to retire or there's no age, which is open widely? Okay, thanks for those voice notes. I'm noting them fire. And the second one, I just want to go to the lines here. I believe we've got Jack Governor from Deben. Good evening, Jack. Hello, Jack. Can you hear us? Okay, we don't have Jack yet. Let's see. Who do we have? Andre, Andre, are you there? Yes, I'm on the side. Yes, to be sure it's me. Oh, okay. Thanks for calling. I hear you were mentioned here by Stephen at the top of the show as part of um, Master Box essay. Yes, I am. I am part of Master Box. Uh, as Stephen said, we sat down and we created the structure, and uh, yeah, we 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 really going ahead with this, and we're giving the guys the opportunity from the age of 35 upwards. Um, the reason for my call in, is to clarify one of the rules, one of, one of the, the, the age problems that people are saying about, uh, I heard one of the listen, uh, one of the people that uh, messaged in that said mm-hmm. that um, we must look at the essay title and this is now going to affect boxing. Mm. Remember one thing, the rule of boxing in South Africa is a simple rule. When you're over the age of 35, and you skip one year of licensing, you became a new recruit. And as a new recruit, you cannot relicense after the age of 35 things. So that's why we're opening the doors for people that are over the age of 35 to join master boxing. Because if, uh, I think we're sitting with this problem with Warren, uh, Warren LaRue, um, where he's 35, he skipped one year, he didn't renew his license for one year, then he became 36, and I say, sorry, because you skip your new recruit, and you can't relicense after the age of 35. So he's not allowed to relicense in boxing South Africa. And this is where Master Box is opening a door for a boxer like that. So does it answer the last question from the voice note then of what is the age that boxers must stop? When should they retire in South Africa? You see, boxers can box in South Africa until the age of 45, 50. They can carry on boxing Mm -hmm. as long as they take out their license every year. Okay. Uh, The minute he stops for one year, he becomes a new recruit. To be a boxing uh, boxer in South Africa on a new recruit, you must be younger than 35. So that is the, 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 the small aspect in boxing South Africa which is hurting boxing, which they can't they're not allowed to do it. Uh, boxers are not allowed to relicense after the age of 35 if they skip one year. So okay. in master box, anything for after 35, they can uh, license for uh, master boxing. Okay, Andre, thanks for that input loud and clear there. Stephen, I don't know if there's anything you want to pick up on from those questions. Is he there? Oh, Stephen, can you ask? Boxing. Oh, yeah. yeah, can you hear? Oh, yes, I was just saying, is there anything you want to pick up from, from those questions? No, no, I think Andre covered it perfectly. Yeah. Um, uh, we, and with, without a doubt, what I want to definitely emphasize is we're not definitely, we're not trying to divide boxing. We're trying to grow boxing. We, then that's part of the reason why Sonaba unanimously gave us uh, a vote of confidence was because they see that this is a way of bringing people to boxing mm-hmm. and definitely keeping people in boxing. Uh, and that's what we are about. It's all about growing boxing. And is it open for men and women? Yes, without a doubt, men and women. We've had some women already uh, that have uh, asked for applications and uh, have applied. Mm. So without a doubt, we we want the women out there. And there's a and there's a uh, there's a massive market for women boxing. 
in particularly, again, for some strange reason, over the age of 35. There's a big market of women that mm. discovered boxing later and, and now are hungry for the sport. Okay. And when do you hope to stage your first tournament now? Have you been affected by the country going back to a level four in any way? Yeah, look, obviously, it's definitely affected us in terms of our planning because we, we don't want to launch without a crowd. Um, so we're looking at the moment uh, in August. We're hoping by August that everything seems to settle down and we'll have the first Master Box tournament um, in, in August, whether it be the beginning of August, end of August, that all depends on our friend COVID. Okay, and what kind of support do you have for something like this finally, Stephen? Massive support. Massive. Mm-hmm. And, and, the, and the pure reason for it is that the, the enthusiasm out there from since we announced that we are, we are, we are available and we're here um, has been incredible. The, the phone calls from people saying, how do we get involved? How do we help? Mm-hmm. And then obviously the guys saying, how do we register? We want to fight has been, has been amazing and, uh, and very warming for us because uh, obviously it was a big, a big push for us and a lot of work for us to get this right. And it's sort of it's a, it's a nice feeling to, to know that what we've done has, has value for the people out there. Okay, wonderful. And judging by the reaction tonight, there also seems to be a lot of interest. So I'm sure we'll catch up with you again closer to your first tournament. But thanks for the clarity and thanks for the information, Stephen, and all sure. the best. And if anybody wants to, uh, to, to get hold of us and yeah. find us, um, it's Masterbox. Uh, so the, our website is www.masterboxsa.co.za or they can send us an email to office at masterboxsa.ca.za and uh, we'll happily uh, forward any information they need or any application forms to, to register. Okay, wonderful. We'll also share that information on our social media platforms. Thanks, Stephen. The chairperson of Masterbox South Africa there. So there you have it, guys. Call them out. Juicier, you've already been called out by Snetemba. Um, Charity also called out Emmanuel. So let's call them out. Here's the opportunity now. Yeah, maybe I should also take part so they can stop asking me about Let's move right along now to somebody Osaznibayo. Tulani Mbenga, the evolution, joins us on the line after his impressive win over Jabulani Mackenzie at Emperor's Palace a couple of weeks ago. It was hyped up, that fight. A lot of people were divided on how it was going to go. But if you watched it, Yo, you wouldn't have thought it's the same fight that people said could go either way because Tulani Benga made light work of Jabulani Makenza, one of his most impressive performances. But let's find out from him the evolution. Tulani, good evening. Thanks for speaking to us on SAFM tonight. Good evening, good people. How are you? No, we are fine. Thanks. Are you? How are you? Are you still on cloud nine after that win over Makenza? <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yes, I'm sure I'm cut now, but working it is back to work. Yes, but you were superb on the day, Tulani. What was the motivation? You just seemed to have something extra with you on that day. Uh, I would love what it was. You know, like, um, as you say, people were divided, you know. And obviously, when the it's competition, it's all competition. We are people of sport, so we love competition. Me and Sean were motivated, very, were very motivated going to this one, you know. So because uh, obviously people were saying uh, that we we might lose this, that, you know, and and at the same time uh, I'm undefeated in Africa, you know. So so my motivation was to go there and just show people that I've got experience and I'm still there at the top. Yeah. Did you feel like you had to do it in style because you did it in style also? 
Yeah, because um, because I knew that um, I've got the power to hit to 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 hit Mackenzie, and at the same time, uh, I knew it doesn't have the experience I have, you know, and the the quality the, the quality of 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 opponents that he fought, you know, it was not in the stature of the ones that are I is to learn the fought. So uh, I knew from the get go that. Uh, the only thing I have to do is just to become boxed behind the dead and my my experience is gonna kick in within rounds. Yes, but and and what were you expecting from him? Because he's no slouch. I mean, he's fought the likes of Mkoteli, uh, Marius Matamba, some of the guys. I think even Gift Paul, if I remember correctly. What were you expecting from Mackenzie? Because, like I said, some people thought he he could cause an upset. Yeah, I was expecting him to box. You know. Uh, move around a little bit, try to stay around, you know. Stay, you know, his style is very, you know, it's very awkward, you know. So I, I knew, and me and Sean, we knew that he, the what they, they're going to try and do is just steal, you know, the, the first, you know, few rounds because we were fighting 10 rounds. Mm. So we knew that they're going to try and stay around. And obviously, the later ones, uh, the uh, 10 and Nine and ten. So, so my thing was to, you know, from the get go, you know, um, from the get go, the first start from round one because most boxers in in Africa they start rounds after round after round four or five, you know. So I'm an international champion. I know, you know, uh, round starts from round one. You have to start your fight starts when the first bell rings round one. I knew that. I have to start, you know, a fight first round. So, and I, I knew that he was gonna try and feel me out, try and feel my power, how I box, try and maneuver his ways, you know. So, so my thing, he was shocked from the get go. <laughs> and uh, when he came, when I came back from second round, Sean, uh, Sean said he doesn't want to be everything, you know. And I, I also sat down and I said. I, I can see he doesn't want to be there with me. And that's why you stopped him in round three. <laughs> yeah, going to round three, I, I kind of knew that I, I was going to, you know. But I, I, our plan was to take him down within six rounds. You know, at least I wanted to stop him round eight, you know. So that was our plan. So my plan was starting in round three, you know. It was starting to have an effect around uh, round three. You know, because I was going to pick up within rounds. And I saw after the fight, it, it felt like that win meant so much to you. You kept on chanting, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. Why did it mean so much to you? What? How much does it mean to you? No, I was saying I'm bad. Because, oh, you're uh, bad? <laughs> I said I'm bad. I'm a bad man. I'm bad. I'm bad. You know, so... Um, uh, people assumed that I was saying I'm bad. Oh, Michael Jackson anyway, bad. Yeah, bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and most people always ask, "Why do you say? Why you said you back?" Well, I didn't go anywhere. I lost one fight in mm. Germain, and I was still top thirty. So I was around twenty-eight, twenty-six. So I lost one fight, and I came back for two fights after that. I fought Kuvetsa, and, and I fought uh, and Royal. So, so and then that kicked me to to twenty-four. Mm. So, so I was saying I'm bad. People thought I, I, I was saying I'm bad because I knew I'm bad. I knew from the get go that 
I'm going to break this bar. I'm going to hit him. You know, I've got powerful weight and he hasn't fought a real weight He fought two guys at the weight but he hasn't fought a guy with much the power that I have, you know, to match his boxing at the same time, you know. Someone is going to be there, jab when he's jabbing. Someone is going to be there, counter when he's countering, you know. So I knew that pressure is going to pile as the time goes on. Ah. And and you mentioned um, your fight in Germany against Sebastian Formella. I mean, it still hurts a lot of people that watch that fight because a lot of people believe it was a hometown decision. You didn't deserve to lose that. Uh, you're only, the only loss in your career. Have you put that behind you now? How have you been able to put that disappointment behind you, especially the way that you lost that fight? Uh, I've, I've, I've worked around it and I've put it behind long time ago, you know. But oh, obviously, you know, people are still hurt over it. So they always, they always say, you never lost the fight in Germany. They always bring it up, you know. And, and I wanted to show people at the same time that I'm still that plan that can hurt people. I'm still that plan that can box. I'm still that plan that can conquer, you know, go overseas, you know, and, 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 you know, uh, perform and then and obviously hit some guys if I can, you know. And and when they were saying to me, where was this guy in Germany? <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> you know, I said, where was this guy in Germany? I said, but I never lost that fight. I don't understand people going on again and again in the game saying, um, where where was this guy in Germany? But I never lost a fight. I never said that I lost a fight. Mm. You know, so yeah. And you said you've never lost to any boxer on the continent. Um, are you still interested then in fighting local boxers? Because some people are saying you must get back to the international scene as soon as possible. Uh, I, I won't lie. When I, when I and the thing, who am I going to fight here? Uh, because people are saying I'm going to fight Paul Kamang. Because I'm is busy shouting my name. <laughs> but... <laughs> But uh, uh, who, uh, who's going to do that fight? Which promoter is interested in me fighting for command? And, then, and mm. for me to drop points, I'm rated 17 in the world now. If I'm fighting someone that is not rated top 10, I'm dropping points. And it, for me, it's a, it's a small bet. So it makes no business sense at the same time I'm dropping points when it comes to ratings. People just want to do things, not understanding, you know, the, the, the other side of, you know, uh, the other side of, of business when it comes to boxing, you know. So I can't fight someone who's not in the top 20, or I can fight someone who's top, top 30, but if I'm going to fight someone top 30, I'm going to drop points, and I don't want to be in that position to drop points. I'm 17, I'm in the mix with those guys there, you know, so that's what we need. And uh, people are saying I must go fight international because I'm an international campaign. I've been an international campaign. You know, it's just a setback in Germany. You know, so it makes no sense for me to fight. Who am I going to fight? And in Tegomole Vete is not, is not active, but he's busy shouting my name. <laughs> Paul Tamano is not even in the top 50, busy shouting my name. It makes no business sense. No promoter wants to do it. You know, and for, for me, it's more money. It's more money. At the same time, um, my um, I fight one of these guys, my rating is going to drop, of which I don't want to be in that position again. Mm.
Maybe maybe Tsiko needs the fight to to bring his name back because the last time I heard about Tsiko Mulovetsi was when he he beat Alifunek and there was so much controversy after that fight. I know that he's fought uh, um, after that, but that was the one that got a lot of people talking there uh, about Tsiko Mulovetsi and Alifunek and the accusations and the allegations. But that's a show for another day. I saw a headline in the Daily Dispatch Tulani. It it said Tulani Mbenga receives a big offer. What is that big offer that they were talking about? Because I'm not a subscriber. <laughs> I couldn't read the article. <laughs> <laughs> now, recently, recently, after you beat Mackenzie, they said Tulani Mbenge gets a big offer. I don't know what they think about. Well, there's nothing on the table at the moment. There is things, a lot of things, but people must be allowed things. Maybe they spoke to Rodney Berman, I don't know. People are going around there. I don't think even I don't know how to mention people's name, but people as soon go around and I don't think things because uh, because when we you know in a position to announce anything, we definitely look on announce it. But obviously, I'm sitting in a good, I'm sitting in a very, very good position right now. Mm. And and you still at the Smiths gyms? You've stuck with with the Smiths there. Um, that means it's working for you. I love Sean. I love Sean. This man, uh, my relationship with Sean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it any other way. You know, um, I, I won't lie. I love him as my, you know, as my coach, my manager, my, my guidance. You know, um, I believe in his, you know, uh, I believe in his way of training, and I believe in his way of management and and everything that has to do with it. So I'm still stuck with Sean. I'm not stuck. I'm happy. I'm very happy with Sean. Okay. And and when you look overseas, Tulani, when you look at the welterweights, how close are you? Who are you targeting? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of guys we're targeting. There's a lot of guys. I mean, we can yeah. get uh, we can get calls very <laughs> very close. There's the very you know very lucrative. You know, calls and, and things they, they're talking about. But okay. as I'm saying, we'll announce it with, with time. But it's time that getting exciting, I won't lie. No, and you deserve it. You deserve everything that comes your way, especially after that fight against the Mackenzie. There, you were just on another planet in that fight, and it felt like you had something to prove. It felt like you were well prepared, and you were confident, and you believed in your abilities. And uh, there is no doubt now about who's the best welterweight in the country. Obviously, there was no doubt because he was the champion. But people thought Mackenzie could give him a half time, a hard time, but you know, it wasn't a hard time at all. Thanks to Lani for speaking to us. We just wanted to bring you on and just highlight what you've what you've done, and we wish you all the best. There's so much more to come from you. Thank you very much, Bertari. I appreciate you. You always support me. You always call me. You always, you know, so we really appreciate you. So thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thanks to Lani Mbenga, the Evolution South African Boxer of the Year. He still is, right? Because there were no awards last year. So he, when did he win it? 2019 he won it. So yeah, he's still the South African Boxer of the Year. Okay, we're going to go to the U.S. now. Let me just take a quick breather. And we're going to look back at the fight between Tank Davis and uh, Barrios. Tabiso Musia on SAFM. Knocked out Gamboa. Yeah, issues but, on the scale. Yeah. Right, but. Oh my! Wow!
Steve Farr with his unofficial scorecard. So, oh, and Barrios oh, slaps a combination on Davis. Wow. Barrios with the slam. Almost seems like Davis is looking for a knockout. Right hand of the body by Barrios. Ooh, wow. Barrios is down again. Three. Third top the arm. And a resolve. Davis unloads the left. Barrios a double number. It's over. He is the winner by way of technical knockout. He is still undefeated. Now a three-division world champion. And the Okay, that's what happened for those who couldn't watch it. And we are joined on the line by Marcus John, a reporter for the Big Fight Weekend. Good evening from us, Marcus. Thanks for taking our call again in South Africa. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on again, guys. Great stuff. I mean, it was it was hyped up. It was billed as a fight between two undefeated boxers. How do you look back at that fight? Was it Did it live up to expectations for you? Not only did they live up to it, it actually exceeded expectations. Yeah. I was expecting this fight to be like three rounds and out for Tank Davis, and Mario Barrios made an absolute war out of it. Uh, this fight, guys, is probably going to be in the fight of the year hopper, if, if not in the conversation when it's all said and done. And was it even more impressive that Tank had to move up two weight divisions for this fight? Uh, the reason that Tank moved up was honestly because... Because he can. Uh, one of the things with Tank Davis that's, that's always not really talked about is that his weight fluctuates because he's still young. Mm. He really can't make 130 pounds anymore, so he's going to he's gonna have to try to move up to these bigger weight classes, the 135 to 140, and to see how he feels how comfortable with it. I think, personally, with, with this fight, he was fine with that 140. I don't know how long he's going to stay at 140, however. I think he moves back down after this fight, depending on who, uh, who's, who's next up for him. And I see Barrios also got some respect for the for the for, for the fight that he put up here. Yeah, I mean, he's no slouch. He had reach and he had height advantage. Uh, but a lot of people are also impressed by him. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the one thing that Mario Barrios impressed with a lot of people was that he was coming up a fight where he arguably lost against uh, Bater Akhmedev uh, back in 2019, and a lot of folks didn't think he was going to put up too much of a fight against Tank Davis, and he. Not only did that, he actually made a, a good go of it. I thought at some point Tank Davis was in trouble in the middle of the fight. And it was interesting because he was able to keep uh, Davis at bay away from him. Once mm. Davis was able to get inside on him, it was over. But for the first four or five rounds, Barnes was winning this fight. And after round nine, was he still winning the fight? Because we saw Floyd telling um, Tank to step it up because he was behind on points. Was he really behind in your scorecard? Uh, no. In fact, the final scorecards had Tank up about two to three rounds, actually, after the knockdowns. It was just one of those motivational things that people always do in corners. A lot of folk, you know, a lot of fighters can get up 11 rounds to nothing. You hear, like, in the last round, like, get this guy out of here. You know, you hear a lot of that stuff going on. It's just, it's just motivation to keep, keep him focused. And Tank, 25 and 0, 24 knockouts. Is he the sport's next biggest star now? Absolutely. If he's not the biggest star in the United States, he's one of the biggest draws in the United States. And that's the big thing here, because there's not a lot of folks in the, in the United States uh, with punching power like Tank Davis that can, A, uh, do it as good as he can, and B, bring people out to watch him do it. And this is the third fight I've been to personally where there have been big crowds for it. He's, he's holding up in these fights in basketball and in, in football arenas, the basketball arenas. So it, it's a big thing for him. He's, he's a big thing, and he's going, to be the, he's going to be a big star one way or another, like it or not. And he sells pay-per-view also, hey? Absolutely. And, in fact, he's going to be pay-per-view for now on as well. This fight was on pay-per-view this past weekend as well, and I think he's going to do well because he's a big, he's a big attraction for it. I wonder uh, who will have for, have for him next with, 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 with uh, Tank Davis, only because, 
uh, Floyd mentioned after the fight, he's going to have someone in house on, on CBC, which is what he's been doing the entire time. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm really interested to see who's going to have, have fight for afterwards. But no, he's going to be off the preview for some here and not for him. And in your opinion, what makes Tank Davis so good, Marcus? The one thing that makes Tank Davis so good, guys, is that he just knocks guys out. And that's really what people come to see in terms of fights, where they don't really come to see, you know, they did this prolific boxing ability. He has some of that. I mean, he's a, he's a slick southpaw, but he's the one that gets hit every so often. And, that, that's, that, and that's what makes it interesting, too, is that you know, he, he can give it because he can take it. And that's what makes things more interesting than what some of the other prophets coming out there right now. What kind of a character is he outside the ring? Uh, outside the ring, he's gotten better. He's had some, a couple of uh, legal issues. There's some of them that are going to, that are going to fizzle out by the end of the year. There's a big uh, uh, traffic case that he has, mm. I guess, in October and, and back back in November. Uh, that, that, that's been delayed for a couple of months. But outside of that, now he's been for the most part outside outside the ring. He's been pretty much on the straight and narrow based on uh, recent events. And is he like is he like the crown jewel of Mayweather promotions because they really took this guy up? Absolutely. He is the crown jewel of it. Leonard Ellerby told me the first time I talked to him ages ago was the next big-time star you'll see in boxing is Gervonta Davis. He's been saying that literally for about 50 years now, but it's one of the few things he'll say repeatedly, and he won't change off that. And at this point, he's some more skeptical about it, but at this point, it's proven true. And does he have a solid matcha career? Because we know these American boxers always have um, proper matcha carriers. Carriers. Not really, only because of the weight that he's carrying. It's more of what he does in the ring and what, mm. what transferred afterwards. It, it depends on what, what where, uh, Floyd Mayweather and those guys uh, uh, slot them at. Uh, right now, they're making this a big attraction just to bring, you know, bring people to arenas to see people, my people out. So mm. uh, as, as long as they keep them on that straight and narrow uh, program, for an, which is going to be the case probably for another two or three more fights, I don't see anything, anything, I don't see anything changing. Okay. And while we have you on the line, Marcus, somebody's asking about um, the build-up to the third fight between Wilder and Fury. What have you made of that? You know what? I'm glad they're not saying much about it this go-around. Because let's be honest, guys, how many times can you hear, you know, Deontay Water yell bomb squad in your ear? How many times can you hear Tyson Fury, you know, yell big dosser in your ear? I mean, we've heard this for about two fights already, guys. They, 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 they have nothing else to say. That's why they had this weird six-minute staring contest oh. when that, at the initial press conference last week. Because at yeah. this point, there's really nothing, there's, there's nothing else they can do at this point. It, it all depends on the third fight. If, if Deontay Water can actually pull off this upset at this point and actually knock Fury out because the first two fights so far... He's been outboxing out class. So we'll see if that changes the narrative on that all of it. But in terms of the build-up for it, I'm all for it. Uh, and I'm actually, I'm actually glad this go around with because it's a better card as a whole this time around as opposed mm. to last time. Mm. And, and what do you make of the change of trainers for, for Wilder? Uh, it's going to be interesting only because I wonder what Malik Scott's going to change for him fundamentally. Deontay Waters has been fighting the same way, guys, for about 40 fights. And that's hard to change where he'll wait, wait, wait load up on that right hand, hit you with it, ball game. That's been his fight for like the last five years. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping Malik Scott can show him something a little more different to where he can move around a little bit better. Maybe he can actually use uh, his skill to actually be more, more, to actually move a little faster than Fury because the one thing in that last fight, guys, with Deontay Water and Fury, Fury used his size on him, but at the end of the day, Fury was just leaning on him the entire time, just pretty much muscling on the inside. So unless that changes, I don't think anything else will, regardless of who the trainer is. No. And, and does it seem more focused, Deontay Wilder? Because we've seen some of the videos that is posted, and like you said in that press conference, he didn't say much. Right now, yeah, it's a, it's a different mindset for him, only because he's not doing the same stuff he was doing beforehand. He's still talking noise. He's still yelling. You know, he's going to knock this guy out. You know, the usual you know boxer stuff. But the one thing he's done differently is that he's really kept a low profile as a whole, just like the entire process. Whether it be him recovering from that arm injury that he had during the pandemic, or 
the fact that he had uh, this different trainer having a different mindset for him to keep him to, him to shut up more often. Maybe that's, maybe that's the case, but either way, I'm, I'm liking the focus that Wilder is having this go-around because he's not doing the things he was doing before. And I think what, what helps with him as well, in terms of getting this, this belt back, hopefully that, that he plans to do, mm. is that he, he, he has a different trainer that's going to hopefully show him a different uh, approach to it. Uh, Malik Scott's been, has been with him forever. They've big sparred before. He's, he, Malik Scott's been around in, in several heavyweight camps before, including Tyson Fury. So maybe he knows something out a little intel that they, maybe he can he can pass along okay. the water. Hope he can use it in the in the third fight at the end of, end of July. Okay, Marcus, thanks for speaking to us. We're just out of time um, here on the show. We have to go to news. Morena in Deben, I see your SMS. Maybe we'll discuss it next week. So do get in touch with us again next week.